Would you say I'm mature? You asked us? <laughs> yeah. Long pause. Long pause. <laughs> That's a no. Oh, well. It is not. Good thing we, we had that episode from uh, from the week before about um, need not needing acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Would you say I'm mature? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Messed up the intro. Dang it. I think it's perfect. You're doing good. You're doing good. Yeah. Steve? I'll let, hey, Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Sean's deep inside himself right now. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out this thing about maturity, y'all. What does spiritual maturity look like? Or maturity, if I'm saying it incorrectly. How, how do you know if you're spiritually mature? It's a good question. Yeah. And spiritually mature as far as a Jesus follower being spiritually mature. That's right. spiritually mature with the universe. Right. Yeah. I think what is people the mark? Would... go ahead. What is the mark of a follower of Jesus that exemplifies spiritual maturity? I think that's an entire uh, spectrum that we're on moving toward being more what the common term would be Christ-like, right? More Christ-likeness in our life. And it makes me think of, of about 20 years ago, actually before I actually was uh, ministering to people or I was, anyway, I was in a meeting and there was a woman that was, she and her husband were leading the meeting and she, I just so looked up to her. She was so solid. She was, appeared to be very grounded. She didn't, in the conversations as they spoke, she didn't feel a need to jump in. She was very calm and peaceful. But when she spoke, man, the stuff, the revelation that came, just the insight that came, and also the love for people that came through her. I remember seeing her and going, God, I want to be like that. You know, how can I be like her? Because she just was so inspiring to watch. And I remember specifically asking the Lord, how can I be like her? And and instantly what I sensed it was him saying, the only difference between you and her is time spent with me. Mm. And I remember that being such a relief to hear him say that because, oh, well, it's attainable then. I can actually not have to be full of shame and fear and awkwardness and all this stuff. Someday I actually could attain or at least move in that direction to be that kind of a person who's solid and grounded and loving, kind and wise, you know, connected to the Lord and all of those things I wanted to be. You know, made me realize, wow, I guess I can be that if I keep pursuing Jesus. And so she's a picture 
that I, the kind of person that I think of when I think of a spiritually mature person, Christian, someone like that. But I think everybody has a different picture. What about you guys? I I think it's changed over the years for me. I think what I thought was spiritual maturity before, like some of the things, like there, there were some, some great spiritual leaders when, who helped me immensely. And, um, and this was probably more on me and my immaturity and being like, they got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And if I could just be like X, ugh, yeah. if I could just be like Keith, God, it would just be the best. And, but then like looking back and I just like, wow, there's some really unhealthy things there. It's like, did, did Keith really yell at that guy <laughs> in the, in the mm-hmm. Arby's parking lot saying that they need to be saved or whatever? Um, hmm, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, like those, those red flags, you kind of look back on like, okay, uh, uh, you know, Keith, the spiritual leader was also in a place of growth too, you know, and I've come to like, appreciate the the investment that those leaders gave but at the same time, not like, cause that, that was my own immaturity to idolize somebody that way. I put them on like this big pedestal that nobody could, nobody would be able to like meet. You know, so that's why I was constantly disappointed. So that was a mark of my immaturity, I think, to do that. Um, that doesn't mean like everybody just has a free pass, you know, if somebody's not being cool. Um, but yeah, because um, even saying that spiritual maturity is Christ likeness, like, uh, like what is, what does that mean? Does that mean his generosity? Does that mean passion? Does that mean, um, seeing seeing the one who's lost does that mean uh going after the one sheep leaving the 99 behind you know there's so like yeah last 2000 years we've been trying to describe who christ is right (laughs) that it's difficult to be like hey this is this blueprint is the mark of spiritual maturity boom done i think one of the marks of spiritual maturity along with living a life of obedience and uh, virtue and loving people is that you don't have to prove that you're spiritually mature. Ooh, mm-hmm. Ooh that's good. It proves itself. Yeah. I only have heard this story secondhand, but there was a, uh, a big gathering, uh, probably a conference um, of Christian speakers and there were rock star pre- preachers at this conference. Uh, but there was also a philosophy professor from the University of Southern California by the name of Dallas Willard, who wrote the book Divine Conspiracy, which I mm-hmm. highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And Dallas Willard was as monotone and a boring of a speaker as you could get, but he knew Jesus. And to try to get into the room he was speaking in, it was standing room only. Wow. Because he had the marks of spiritual maturity. Somebody who knew Jesus didn't have anything to prove. That's who people wanted to see. That's what they were attracted to. Mm. A life of humility and genuineness, authenticity. Mm-hmm. And he talked about what it was like to walk with Jesus. What does that look like? What is that, you know, what is that to truly walk with Jesus? And that's what's attractive to people. It's not, okay, I went to this really, I go to this really cool church. So I must be spiritually mature. I must have it together because so-and-so is my rock star preacher. Mm. <laughs> because there are people who are very spiritually mature that go to churches that some of us might be like, well, gosh, they don't even preach the gospel. 
Right. Maybe not the the kind of gospel or the presentation that you're used to. Right. But there are churches that, or people in churches that love Jesus, you'd be surprised to know what their walk with Jesus is like. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. We do tend to assume that person up on stage, you know, is spiritually mature. We we assume that about those that we look up to in the faith, but no, it's, I think what Jesus told me really is true, believe it or not, that it's time spent with him. It goes back to that time spent with him is what brings about that maturity in our life, because then we reflect more of him time spent with him and allowing all parts of us, you know, mind, will, emotions, our soul, our spirit, our body, all of us bringing it into his presence and spending time with him and allowing him to ask us questions and to reveal things and for his light to shine in areas of our heart that don't match up with who we really are. Allowing him into all of us is part of that walking after him, walking with him. So would you say that when you're reading scripture, you're absolutely spending time with him? Sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm just reading. Mm. And I'm learning, oh, okay, yeah, that's how God sees things. You know, oh, yeah. You know, and that's good. Other times I'm just reading. And when I leave the room, I couldn't tell you what I read, you know, at the end of the day. That's a good question. I think, I think some of the, um, a lot of the time growing up when I was reading the Bible, it wasn't about spending time with God. I think I said it was, but most of time it wasn't. It was more about trying to win an argument that never came. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, so interested in like apologetics and all that, all that stuff, mm. which again, answering questions that no one has ever asked me, <laughs> but I had an answer ready, you know, cause I wow. needed to be right. And, um, I think if I'd spent that time actually just, you know, in like in tune <laughs> with God, <laughs> as opposed to just trying to be right. Um, I think it would have saved a lot of anxiety on my part and there would, there would have been, you know, spiritual maturity and I would have cared less what people think. My mind goes to the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. I think that's in Luke. And uh, yeah, it's Luke 18. So you've got this Pharisee basically praying, but saying, God, look how awesome I am. I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, right? I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. We could substitute that for so many different things in our culture. I go to this church. I listen to this podcast. I'm in this study. Yep. I'm in all these different things. I'm engaged here, but it says in verse 13 of Luke 18, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Then Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. So I think that's a component of spiritual maturity to take a correct look at our standing at our life. 
and just be honest. Yeah. And it comes down to love. Like how is, how deeply are we rooted and established in love? Yeah. And how is that being manifested in our life? That's Spiritual good. maturity. Yeah. It's not having to prove ourselves. It's, it is walking in alignment with, with what he's commanded us to do, but love should, should infiltrate everything. I think that's yeah. as far as even like elders in a church, I think elders in a church shouldn't be voted on. I think elders in a church should be obvious. Mm. It's those people that people in the, in the, in that particular local body say that person's got something that's special that that person, whether it's a man or a woman is, is, is um, where Jesus is more clearly seen in that person because the only agenda that person has is the kingdom purposes and that's, what's attractive to people. Mm -hmm. I think it's, sorry, were you done? I think it's evidenced also by our need to control or not, not a need to control. Mm -hmm. When we have a need to control, it's because we're, we're worried things aren't going to look good, you know, and we have a certain image to hold up. And, and that is a sign of spiritual immaturity because we're not relying on God, who is the one who's supposed to be evidenced in our meeting versus um, needing, not needing to control, being willing for things to get messy, you know, being willing for those, I mean, we're all messy people. And, and so being willing to just let that happen in a meeting so that you can minister to the need instead of shutting people down or feeling embarrassed because that person just did something now that was unexpected and makes me look bad. You know, I don't think Jesus was afraid of anything manifesting in his meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was quite a bit of freedom there for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And of course, he responded appropriately to all of it. So I see that as a sign of spiritual maturity when I see that in a person, a leader. And I know you say that and they still care, right? It's not like they're apathetic, right? Oh, they care, they care sure. deeply about them, mm-hmm. but they refuse to control them. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like an apathetic, like, oh, well, do do what you're going to do. Whatever. No, you're, you're going to do what you want anyway, Keith. Get out of here. No. No, it's giving the person the freedom to really be, to do and to be who they are and, and then loving them in it. Yeah. And responding appropriately. Yeah, totally. I think I'm, I, I might lead the world in really good book titles. Of books I never write. <laughs> Ooh, what do we got? There was a book title. One of the books I would write uh, would be called "Living in the Radical Middle." Ooh, that's, that's a mark of spiritual maturity that you're you're not so um, steeped in uh, dogma. There, there are a few things that I really believe. 
when it comes to Jesus, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when, it, when it comes to faith, when it comes to God, yeah. there are a whole lot of things that I'm not quite certain about. I think it's the, um, would you call it certitude that I think uh, really does show to some extent, a lack of security in what you yeah. believe. I think to be able to question things, to question yourself, mm-hmm. not out of insecurity, not like, let's see how stupid am I, but is what I'm believing true or is, some, is that, does that have to be true? Right. Otherwise yeah. I'm left with no footing. Yeah. So the ability to question things, to hold certain things loosely is a mark of spiritual maturity. I, I would think that having healthy relationships with others, that would be a mark. How many people come mm-hmm. to you? How many people um, look to you for your wisdom? Mm. I think that might be mm-hmm. one of those things. I don't know how to quantify all of these because some people just have are in places where there's they have more opportunity for that. Yeah. Yeah. And how, when you interact with people you disagree with, how often are you spending uh, reloading <laughs> versus <laughs> listening? I think that's a mark of spiritual maturity. Yeah. So listen to what people have to say. Um, yeah. And, and how, how many opinions have you changed in the last five, 10, 20 years? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and, and an attitude of gratefulness. I think there's very there's there's a great lack of gratitude. I think in our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like all those would be great starting points. Mm. You know. Yeah. Good. Like just as like a check in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for me, I always check my emotions right. when I just interacted with that person. Did I feel resentful? Did I feel afraid? Did I feel judgmental? Did I feel scared? You know, whatever, what am I feeling? And and as we've said before, our feelings are great indicators of what we believe. So we're talking about being Christ-like. We need to believe what Jesus knew, what he is. And, and so if we to the extent we don't know the truth about him, we're going to feel some kind of uncomfortable emotion. And when that's popping up in our life, as we deal with people, those to me, just personally, those are the times when I look at that thought, take that those thoughts about that person or even about myself when that happened. I take those thoughts captive and I bring them to Jesus. I hold them in front of me and I feel that stuff and I allow the Holy Spirit to help me to connect that in my context, my history, so that I can ask Jesus for his truth there. So that when his truth and his perspective comes into that memory, which is the process that we teach people and we help them with, the the melt process, when he comes into that memory and he brings his truth, now that part of me is at peace and I'm aligned actually experientially with who he is because he just revealed it. He just revealed himself in that moment. And, and now I truly do stand on that revelation he gave me. And, and so now I'm more Christ-like, right? But actually the truth is I was all along like him because we were created in his image and that wrong thinking that I had that was causing me to treat people in an unkind way 
that actually was the foreign thing. And so when his truth comes, it peels that foreign thing out and, and who the Christ in me that, that should be manifesting is able to more freely. And so I would encourage people when they're dealing with others, check your emotions. How do you feel when you respond the way you respond to other people? Is it love, peace, joy, faithfulness, kindness? Is it all the fruits of the spirit that I'm responding with? Or is it something very different than that? And that that in my own life has helped me to grow in maturity with the Lord as he brings truth and peels off the stuff that shouldn't be there. I actually, the, the Christ likeness that he created me with is revealed more and more. I think what we see happening with people is they become less reactive and more responsive. Mm-hmm. It's not like it takes all of our convictions away or all of our beliefs away, but we don't have mm-hmm. to protect those and we can respond in a healthy way instead of just react in a knee jerk way. And that reflects more of Jesus. This has been the cross council podcast. If any of this has resonated with you or helped you, please leave us a comment and a review and don't forget to follow for more great content. We'll see you next time.